Welcome to season two of Two Feet in the Podcast. This season, we are highlighting inspiring women focused on powering other women. Two Feet in the Podcast will explore ideas and inspire you to produce action. This is your place to break down ideas, get a strong dose of motivation, and learn to live two feet in. Today is the day to get up and get moving on your dreams with me. I am the coach, Heather Macy, and I'm ready to coach you. Lock in, let's go. It's time for your Two Feet In experience. The Two Feet In podcast is brought to you by these sponsors. Looking to take your student athlete to the next level? Look no further. My Sports Folio leaves no student athlete behind. Get your player in the mix. Call 864-434-1186. Call 864-434-1186. A1 Hoops Report is a great resource for your son or daughter to utilize to enhance the recruitment process. From player profiles to top tournaments with a massive social media presence, we have all your recruitment needs covered. And follow us on IG at A1 Hoops Report. Then send us a message and tell us Two Feet In Podcast sent you. A1 Hoops Report, play hard, get recruited. Joining Two Feet in the podcast today is Renee Williams Fabaro, inspiring woman focused on powering other women. A Francis Marion University grad, eight-year assistant coach at Lord Botetat, one year as an assistant and one year as a head coach, winning state championships and never having a losing season ever in the history of that high school program. As her first year as the head coach, she became a state champion as well as receiving Coach of the Year honors for the state, the conference, and the region. She is the mom of a two-year-old little boy. She has been coaching and teaching for over 10 years at the high school and the collegiate level. What's up, Renee? Hey, Coach. How are you? I'm doing great. So glad that you're here. Let's dive right into the Two Feet In Hot Seat Experience. So you jump on an elevator. And you've got just the ride to the 34th floor. And your person is in there, the person you're going to inspire and impact and make a difference in that person's life today. And just the ride up to the 34th floor, what are you telling them? Well, first of all, I like that it's the 34th floor because I'm 34, so I can give my 34 years of of life experience. Um, But I want to say that, like, beyond your own program or career or whatever it may be, that we should be looking to inspire women. Uh, What I want to do is grow the girls game of basketball here in Southwest Virginia by using my platform as a former travel coach, as a current high school coach to help players around the region uh, achieve their goal of playing college basketball, as I've done with my own players over the last 10 years. So I think you have to look really beyond what you do and see a bigger picture that it's more than just your own circle, but try to reach other circles as well. Yeah, it's a huge thing. So let's talk about it. So you're in Virginia, you're coaching high school basketball. You guys have been, uh, I don't want to use the word dominant because you'll change it, but you've been pretty (laughs) dominant. Um, Talk to me about why you got into coaching and why you've stayed into coaching for this period of time. You know, I think I, I always wanted to be a coach, and I've been thankful to learn from a lot of great coaches, you know, yourself included. And to be honest with you, my senior year when you came in and kind of changed things for us at Francis Marion, I took a back seat, but I learned so much um, kind of being on the bench and 
learning different styles and ways I wanted to do things. And uh, it just kind of came naturally to me. And I didn't want to not take that and run with it. So that's kind of what I've done here. So let's give our listeners a little bit of this backstory. So you're going into your senior year. I come in and get the job at Francis Marion in the spring of your senior year. Now we're, we're watching what's happening in college basketball and the transfer portal and all these things. Let's walk everybody through kind of that process and, and you sticking it out, even though your role was going to change in your final season. Right. So the first three years, you know, no one ever told me the truth. I never had to play very hard. I never had to do certain things to see time on the floor. But it's also why we didn't win very many games. And then, you know, you came in and changed us from like a six and something team to a 21 and something team by bringing in lots of transfers and things like that. And I remember, and I don't know if you remember this, but my dad went and shook your hand and told you, thank you. He was glad to see the program having so much success. He didn't care that I was on the bench. I didn't care too much either because I knew that that's really where I belonged. I wasn't tapping into using all of my potential, especially my length and and things like that. And it just kind of gave me a different perspective. And I also remember you calling me into the office one time and saying, you know, you have a different role now. (laughs) You told me I was a, a field goal kicker. And my job was to come in and, and knock down a three, and then I'd probably go back out. And I said, okay, fair enough. And then you said, I also um, understand the concepts better than most people, so I needed to teach my teammates. And so I just kind of took that and realized that, hey, I, I'm pretty good at that. Maybe I should keep doing this for other people in the future. So, Renee, I became a head coach at 26, and at that point – I was um, had no idea what I was doing, so I'm going to apologize to you ahead of time because you had to learn the hard way while I was figuring it out and learning. But credit to your dad um, because that doesn't happen that that much with parents. And now now that you're a parent, but but I will tell you this: as much as as much as I impacted you in the Francis Marion program, more importantly, you impacted me. I have told that story to more players since that occurred, that, that we are strictly shooters and have a role in our program. And I go, look, you can average nine a game, and I'll, I'll stub you in. You're going to get to shoot three threes a game, make them all, right? Because <laughs> if you miss one and you're a field goal kicker, think about it. Right, it's like, right. oh, man, how do they screw that up? So you can average nine a game. And so to your credit, you bought in and had that role, and it was an impactful role that took us to the NCAA tournament. Very few moving forward have taken the challenge and accepted it. Well, thank you. I, I, you know, it, it's just kind of part of it. And I've had kids who now um, all they want to do is shoot threes and they don't want to play any defense. And I'm like, boy, no wonder people rode my butt. Why didn't I do the things I should have been doing all along? <laughs> well, you never guarded anybody. That, that, would, be, that would be accurate. That so is how, how funny is it, though, that now like the way that you're focusing on well, two things, I would say. First off, you're a really good athlete. You're a long guard, tall guard. And then, two, if you would have taken that athleticism, used it on top of the way that you could have rebounded it and guarded. Tell me how that, as an athlete, has taken you on in your coaching career. Well, I look at myself and I think, what if I could give my body style, my long arms, my 5'11", lanky frame, and give it to these kids who – 
really want to play hard and want to play good defense and want to do these things. Um, and I just hate that I never did that for myself. So it's kind of a lesson learned. Um, but now I'm trying to make sure that my teams, it's funny, I want them to play great defense all the time. And I will take them out over a defensive mistake, over an offensive mistake every day of the week. I wouldn't have played me. And that's what's kind of funny about it. Okay, so now you're a parent. And obviously your dad handled coaches well. Now, day and age, we are getting into things where, you know, the parents and the athletes and and the relationship with coaches, which I I do believe is naturally an adversarial relationship because as coaches, our job is to critique. And as critique is happening, there becomes tension. And so it is a, a soft skill now that coaches must have to be able to not just relate to the athlete, but to relate to the parents, include the parents, and make sure that everyone is two feet in and bought into the program. Give us some advice and let our listeners know, as a successful high school coach, have you been able to merge and yield into that style? I have, and it's taken me a a little bit of time. When I first was, you know, a JV head coach uh, in the same program, I had a hard time with it. Um, I wasn't very approachable and things like that. But now... um, I've just kind of built a relationship with parents off the court a little bit. Um, And I want them to see me as a human. Having a kid kind of allows them to see me as a human and kind of makes them keep their comments to themselves as I'm carrying my kid around after the game and things like that. It's just about kind of meeting people where they're at. I've had different players and different parents where they have different priorities in their life. I have to remember I'm a high school coach and most of these kids are not going to go on to play at the next level. And so I just have to meet them and their parents where they're at so that we can just kind of coincide. Great advice. Okay. Let's build this thing. There's a ton of fear associated in sports and specifically as you're getting to the level of being highly successful, you're in the state championship, the pressure's on, not to lose what is your greatest faith over fear moment as far as coaching goes you know the the man who left this program to me is our athletic director right now although he's getting ready to retire from that too but I played for him as well so I have fear I guess of letting him down or maybe messing up his program that he built for 22 years He never had a losing season. We can't find one in our history books. So I think I have a little bit of fear with that, but I think the fear motivates you. I'm not going to be the first. And I was determined with this short COVID year this year, only getting 10 games. Oh boy, I better not be the first. I got to make sure we still have a winning season, even though I lost four starters the year before and I don't have enough games to, to make it work. Um, so I have a little bit of fear about that on a coaching level. Okay. So it's time to tell some stories. Let's go, go old self, new self, the younger version relative to the current day. Give us your best story. Okay. So I'm going to, with my 2020 group, um, that won the state title 2019, 2020, I have five starters on that team. Four of those are already playing college athletics right now. The other one was a junior and she's headed to play college athletics next year. Four at the division one level, one division three. All five of those kids are playing something other than basketball. 
So that was one of those things for me. If I had had those type of players in earlier years, I may would have accidentally ran them off because the young me demanded a whole lot from them. And I expected it to be a job. I wanted them to show up every day ready to put in the work. And I still want that. But I also have to realize that they're teenage girls and that they also have different sports and that they play travel sports during my basketball season. Do I love that? No. But am I willing to lose the best athletes in the school because I'm asking them to choose? But the old me would have asked them to choose. And now I am willing to, like I said, meet people where they're at, work with their schedules. Uh, They still have to show up to everything. There's consequences if they don't. Making sure that I keep the best athletes so that we can be as successful as possible. And then have more fun is kind of the new me. My my assistant coach, she played for me my first year. She would say that I've gone soft. And maybe I have a little bit, but that's okay because we're having a, a whole lot more fun than we had at the beginning. So, Renee, I'm going to tell you that every former player who comes back, whether they're working for you or you're in, they're coming back and watching a practice or a game, they all say that we've gone soft. <laughs> if you came and saw us right now, you would go, you would have never let us. I'm sure I would. And I may have. It's been 20 years. I may have gotten softer. But no different than what I'm doing right now at the Division Three level is that for six months out of the year, I want these kids to be basketball. But I want the other six months out of the year, I want them to, to experience everything Greensboro has to offer. And I'll be honest with you, that, I hate to use the term balance, but that ability for me to yield, A, I think we are able to recruit uh, higher level, the talent, the level of talented player we have. It's just literally they are choosing to do other things relative to your at a division one school where there is no choice. You're just going to do basketball and get whatever degree fits into the practice plan here. You can come out with what degree you want with internships, with networking and with a level of a social life. So isn't that interesting how we both throughout time have understood that I don't think it's changing who we are or changing what's important, but I do think there's a level of yielding and it produces the same or even maybe more success. Yeah, I've just had to adjust to the kids because I don't get to recruit mine. They just kind of come through in waves. And as different waves come in, not only do I have to change our offenses and who we're centering things around and, and how we're playing, you know, although I keep some things consistent, but I have to, to coach their personalities and, yeah, yield to them a little bit. All right, what lessons did you learn the hard way that you would love our listeners to learn from your mistakes? Um. Do your research before taking a job. I feel like we've been conditioned maybe as women that we should be thankful for every opportunity that we're given, but I don't really buy into that so much. Um, I think that you should know your worth, know your value. I took a the college job that I took years ago as an assistant. I didn't do my research and I gave up a lot of myself to do that job, I was up at 3.30 in the morning packing boxes just so that to make ends meet at a warehouse and then doing that job in the afternoon. That job paid less than me being a high school coach did. And mind you, we didn't win a single game all year. And nobody cared about women's basketball. And if I had known that and I had done my research the way I should have, um, I probably wouldn't have taken it. Now, I learned a lot. 
and I gained, you know, some networking and some relationships. In fact, one of those players ended up becoming an assistant for me. And now she's the volleyball coach at the school I'm at because of our relationship. Just do your research so that you don't have to lose half your savings to take a job. <laughs> great, great advice. Okay. It's time for the two feet in quick style questions. Lock in, let's go. Give us your best quotable. What you tolerate, you encourage. Mm. Um, say this a lot on the court as a coach. If I tolerate you doing something wrong, then I'm encouraging that behavior. So I'll stop people 10 out of 10 times and tell them, Hey, you're doing this wrong. And I'm not going to tell you again. And it, you know, it applies to everyone, but it applies in life too. how you let yourself be treated. You encourage people to treat you that way. And I think we have to kind of, uh, especially as women not tolerate certain things anymore. Kind of like with the NCAA tournament. I think this year women spoke out and said, we're not going to tolerate having a fraction of the amenities that men have like, this isn't right. So uh, I love that quote. I use it multiple times a year with the kids. So give us your book recommendation of the decade. Um, it's one I read, gosh, probably seven years ago. Uh, Relentless with Tim Grover. Uh, enjoyed it, read it with a player at the time. And so we got to discuss it. And it's just one that's really stuck with me. Great book. Okay, podcast or video to expand our thinking. You know, I've got to do better about listening to podcasts. And I'm going to do that now that I'm on this one. Um, but one I've listened to a little bit is Coach Unplugged with Steve Collins, uh, the just philosophies and X's and O's and coaching and, you know, some things that you and I have actually discussed. I, I heard on there a couple of days ago. So keys to habit stacking, Renee, or creating a routine that works maybe for a busy professional, a coach plus a mom. Uh, I think you got to prepare and then arrive early and stay late. That applied when I was a player. That applies to my players now. But be the first one to show up and the last one to leave. I think that's an easy habit to pick up. And uh, that little bit of extra time every single day is, is going to pay off in the end. Okay, so that is what I term building margin into your day. How mm -hmm. do you do that with a two-year-old? <laughs> uh, a lot of help. Right now, he's outside running around with my mother to keep him uh, entertained. So I'm just, I'm blessed to have my parents around the corner. Uh, and during this season, it was kind of crazy because my husband got sent active duty to D.C. for the entire basketball season. So I really had to rely on the help of family and friends uh, to help me with my kid. And I'm just lucky to, to have him around. It's truly a team within the team. Yes. Okay, Renee, you get one phone call. To whom and why? Um, my dad. That's an easy one. He is just super logical. He'll tell me the truth whether I want to hear it or not. He always has. He's short and sweet with his words. They resonate. And, you know, then I don't harp on anything anymore. We move on because he tells me like it is. All right. Give our listeners your final thoughts, whether it be what's new in your world, what's upcoming, or just maybe some lessons learned or some things you would want to share? Um, right now, I am working at a Spectrum Sports Academy here in Roanoke. And this is kind of like my side gig. And I help schedule teams to work the clocks on weekends for AAU tournaments. And so I love doing that. But um, I'm also holding open runs where I invite college coaches such as yourself 
uh, to come and watch some of these girls from within. I mean, I'm having kids travel from within two hours to come play in front of local college coaches because most kids are not division one basketball players. And here in the Roanoke Valley here in Virginia, we have within two hours, a dozen division three schools that can offer these kids the ability, like you said, to have this balance in their life where they can still play the game that they love, reach their dreams, and then be a student, have a social life on the side. And uh, that just kind of means a lot to me right now because I feel like females just deserve the same opportunities as males. And I'm trying to give them kind of a stage to do that on and um, something beyond my players because over the last 10 years, I've had probably 20 kids go on to play at the collegiate level for basketball. And I want to, to help outside of my own circle. I want to give a quick shout out to my friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. I've been connected with their team for the past few years, and I've used their products for a while now. Beyond their innovative and user-friendly machines, they are also tremendous people to work with, and their customer service is off the charts. It's no wonder why they become the preferred choice among top programs around the country and even world. I'm very grateful for their support of the show. Make sure to check them out at Dr. Dish Basketball dot com or Dr. Dish B-Ball on social media and mention two feet in when ordering your next Dr. Dish to save an extra $300 off your purchase. That's been coach Renee Williams Favaro on season two of two feet in the podcast where inspiring women are focused on empowering other women. Thank you for locking in. Now get up and get moving toward your dreams. Remember I'm two feet in with you in always, always. A big thanks to all of our guests and our sponsors for breaking down ideas, giving us a strong dose of motivation, and helping us learn to live two feet in.